0: Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. And before we start in today's podcast, I want to give a quick apology to you guys who are used to watching us on video. So we pre-record our messages right now still every week. We just planted our church. We just started Radiant. um, And uh, we're choosing to pre-record our messages still here in advance. It's a little bit easier for us to do that right now. And our computer that we do our video editing software on, um, it's eight years old. It crashed. And (laughs) it ain't coming back, man. It's not Lazarus. It ain't coming back from the dead. So uh, new computers in the way. I'm so sorry we're not able to edit and shoot and clip uh, the video for you. We're going to have that the next week. Uh, So we have our audio podcast up and running. By the way, I just want to give a quick reminder. Uh, It'd be a great idea for you to subscribe to the audio podcast. Once you subscribe to our podcast, um, you're going to get new episodes every single week automatically sent to your phone or computer, wherever you're at. That way you can listen uh, as you're going to work, as you're running around, doing whatever. the main episodes in this audio podcast will be messages from Sunday. However, I don't, I don't, I'm going to throw this out there here to you as well. Um, we're going to have episodes sporadically that will be very beneficial to you. So, we may have an episode where we're going to go deeper on a topic um, that we talked about on Sunday that we just can't go as deep on. It's Sunday morning. You know, our messages are, are about 30 minutes in length or less, and we're pretty broad, but maybe we're going to go deeper. Uh, for an hour, you know, for 40 minutes, whatever, on that topic during the week. So that might happen from time to time. You're going to want to listen in on that. That's not going to be something you'll get on Sunday. Um, we may have people that are guests on this podcast as well that give insight into just personal stories, uh, leadership lessons, whatever it might be uh, that are re- that's related to the subject matter we're talking about on Sunday. So the audio podcast is a way to kind of go beyond just Sunday morning um, that will help you challenge you and help you grow. And so, if, I would tell you right now, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, or at Apple Podcasts. Now, those are your two main platforms uh, that many of you are on. Subscribe to us uh, on one of those platforms. Where we're fixing to get on the Spotify and Stitcher as well. And so, you'll get a chance to subscribe in those platforms if you listen to, to the podcast uh, that way. But I would encourage you go ahead. And subscribe. If it is your first time watching or listening here today, head to radiantchurchsc.com, right click I'm new, and fill this short form online uh, out for us. And here, here's here's the cool thing as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that are listed on that form. A lot of great nonprofits on there. Uh, we want to help those guys out, be kingdom minded. So turn that form in. If it's your first time, if you're, if you're regular or you're here often, don't do it. But if it's your first time, Fill it out. Um, All right, so it's hard to stay positive in a negative world, right? In 2020, it's only made it that much harder. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but it just seems our world is incredibly tense at the moment and, you know, given everything that's going on. And there are so many people who are choosing to be cynical and negative that it isn't just, you know, it's not just an emotional or a psychological issue going on. Um, it's, a, it's a bad thing spiritually, right? I think, I think being negative is not just about your emotions and, and psyche. And I think sometimes that we, we hear, uh, especially if you're in a church world, and you hear pastors talk about, you know, being positive. You kind of feel that, oh, wait a minute, that, that's kind of feel-good stuff. That's kind of the emotional, give me the big spiritual meat. Well, hey, Listen. It is very spiritual to be positive. Uh, This has got a lot to do with your spiritual health. It's more important, I think, than ever in our world right now that Christians, that followers of Christ, stay positive in a negative world. So a big part of staying positive, by the way, it's having the right amount of confidence. Now, we all struggle with a lack of confidence somewhere in our lives, right? Some of us may not admit it, and I think that's because we're we're overconfident. But the reality is we're all insecure about something and that insecurity, it's gotta be dealt with because if it's not, we're gonna give the enemy a real foothold in our lives. Because our, our insecurities, you know, they hold us back. They limit our God-given potential and ability. So insecurities come in all kinds of forms. Some of us, you know, we feel insecure about how we parent, you know, the mom shaming, dad shaming, whatever, you know, uh, or or how we do our jobs. Um, Some folks feel insecure about, you know, their looks. I mean, here's the thing about being secure about your looks for a moment. If we're all honest, right, nobody actually says, you know, man, I look really good everywhere and anywhere. I think all of us have at least one part or maybe 45 parts of our physical looks we would like to change, right? But all of us have insecurities, and that's really interesting, I think, to to me. Um, What's interesting is how we... We compensate for them, right? So we all have insecurities. How do we compensate for them? That's always fascinating to, you know, to, to someone like me. Um, I think a lot of folks will try to, uh, to criticize, you know, what they really want to be. So whatever you're insecure about, if you can't have it, you're going to criticize it. Does that make sense? You know, you're going to criticize. And, and here's the thing too. We'll act also more confident than what we really are. So when we're insecure about something, we will we will criticize what it is that we want to be or wish we had or we will act very, you know, overconfident, very prideful, very arrogant. Uh, I don't have all the scientific evidence to back this thing up, okay? But it feels like and seems like the most confident people out there are the people who battle with the most insecurity. The most negative people out there, cynical people, the, most, the, the, the biggest criticizers out there are the ones who battle with insecurity the most, right? So I think there's three different types of insecure folks that are out there right now. Um, you've got people who are, who are people pleasers. So they're going to say or do anything to get approval from other people, right? Then you have the fishers. The fishers are people always fishing and searching for a compliment. And then you have the one-uppers. Uh, they got to one-up you and everything. So people pleasers, that they're, they're, they're like golden retrievers. I got a golden retriever named Shadow. He's amazing. I love our dog. Uh, he'll do anything for attention. <laughs> he wants attention. He wants you to rub his head. He wants you to play with him. He'll do anything. There are folks who are like that. And and, and they're always following you around. They're saying things like, "Hey, do you like this? Hey, I like you. Do you like me? I'm here for you. You you know, that's kind of their mentality, right? And they're very nice people. And they're fun. I don't know if they're fun to be around, but they're very, they're very nice people, though, right? And 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 they have great hearts, and they have that golden retriever kind of loyalty and mindset. But they they constantly want approval. They want you to be pleased with them, and they have that approval coming their way then you got the fishers the fishers always want uh compliments and you see a lot of these people on on social media like they'll be on social media right like instagram wherever and uh they, they 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 want every opinion out there they want every feeling out there they're searching for folks to say man i agree with that man great point they're posting pictures where where they have the captions as kind of like this, ah, oh, you know, feeling kind of blood day And it's like their best face, you know, because they want someone to say, nah, girl, you look so good. Like they want you, they, like they want that, right? That is the fishers. Those are the fishers. And then you have, you know, the one-uppers. And the one-uppers are the people who they're always trying to catch the bigger fish, you know, hey, my kid, he read his Bible today. Oh, that's so nice. My kid memorized all of Genesis in the original Hebrew. It's like, how do you top that? You know, uh, that's, that's the one-upper. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're the person in your life. They always have one story, one achievement, one statement. It's just a tad bit better than yours. So our insecurities, they cause us to feel really bad about who we are. And, and we'll choose not to do things that we're capable of doing, by the way. Uh, because we just don't believe in ourselves as a result of those insecurities. So we'll say things like, hey, I'm not going to go for that job. There's just no way that I, I can do it. I, I don't have the educational de- de- degree for this, right? I don't fit the age bracket they're looking for. Uh, I'm just going to move on. And so, you know, there, there's those types of folks. There's the folks who, you know, their insecurity is even more you know, more serious kind of level. Like, hey, I, I thought I sobering up. But every time I get serious, I crack open another bottle, (laughs) I always cave in, I can't do it, I I, I give up, you know? And so that's just not a healthy way to live. And these insecurities, they keep us from doing the things that God has designed and called us to do. So you're actually letting your insecurities talk you out of the life God has for you whenever you give in to them, okay? So here's what we need today. Uh, Everybody needs this by the way. Every single person including me needs this right here. We do not need more self-confidence, all right? We need more God confidence. We don't need more self-confidence. We need more God confidence. Now 1 Corinthians 10 12 tells us this, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. I I really like how another version called the message puts that. The message is more of a paraphrase. Um, I like how the message puts it. It says this, forget about self-confidence, right? Forget about the pride. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. So instead, cultivate God confidence. Did you catch that? Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Now that is exactly what we want to do in our lives. We want to cultivate confidence, not in ourselves, but in God. So I need to find a way to live my life with a sense of boldness and confidence, which comes Rooted in my relationship with Jesus. So if I'm confident in my own abilities, I'm only fooling myself. Jeremiah seventeen nine sheds some light on why this is true. So 17, 9 verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 9 says this. The human heart, check this out, it's the most deceitful of all things. You ever thought about that before? The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And it, and it continues, it's also desperately wicked. So your heart, naturally you're inclined to be deceitful, and you're also naturally inclined, what? To be wicked, you know, sinful, do the wrong thing. And he wraps it up and says, who really knows how bad it is? Who knows how bad it is? Relying on our self-confidence doesn't build us up. We we get this uncanny ability, I think, as humans to deceive ourselves, you know? And you know that if you tell yourself a lie over and over and over again, consistently enough, that you're actually going to deceive yourself. You know you'll be convinced that the lie is actually true, uh, and that it's that if you're exposed to it long enough in that pattern. We're we're just we're not able to trust ourselves, guys. We're not able to trust our hearts. Now there's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself. You need to feel good about yourself. Well, we got to get something straight though before we keep going. If you really want to max out and live a life that glorifies God, you're never going to be able to do it. By putting all of your eggs into one basket of self-confidence. Like you alone are not enough. If you want to stay positive in a negative world, you have to cultivate confidence in God. So I want to give you three truths today that are going to help you hold on to that 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 confidence in God and cultivate that confidence in God so you can become the person that God says you are. And here's the first truth, truth number one, all right? Latch on to this. It's this. God is always for you, Right? God is always for you. Some of you are like me. You grew up with this picture of God that you know as a kid, um, and, and you had this picture that if all right, if God loves me, then I've got to make sure I do exactly what He says, right? I got to be good. Uh, I've got to make sure that I do everything uh, just right for God. You know, it's, it's almost as if our acceptance and approval was tied to our performance. So it was less about. How's the condition of my heart? How am I spiritually? And far more about, okay, that I memorized the whole book of James, right? That that, that I give in the offering this week. That I serve in my youth group's team. Uh, You know, like we grew up thinking, all right, what are all the things I can do for God? As if that was going to make it work, right? And and so we, we were just tied in to all of that. Helping old ladies cross the street, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. If you did the wrong thing, conversely, right? So if I'm doing all the good things. God's going to hear my prayer. I'm going to please God. I'll get the approval. But if I do the wrong things, man, dude, God, he is ready to strike me down just with lightning, right? I had this picture of God being this angry old white dude with lightning bolts in his hand ready to smite you, right? I mean, just ready to do that sort of thing if you did the wrong deal. So you couldn't go to God for anything if, if you screwed up right because he's too disappointed in you to do that but the truth is we have spiritually inconsistent days all the time i didn't know that really as a kid you know i, I just i just i had the wrong picture of god and, and but we have spiritually inconsistent days all the time you know why cuz we're human right we're we're human we're imperfect and god is not angrily waiting for us to jack everything up so he can take us out. It's the wrong view of God. Uh, parents, think about this. From a, <laughs> Parents, you, you 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 can relate to this. Are you sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for your kids to screw up so you can bring that hammer down? Of course not. You're not doing that. Uh, the opposite is true, right? When you bring the hammer down, it really kills you, doesn't it? Like you remember as a kid, I, I remember as a kid, as a kid, my dad would say this. Remember as a kid, and your parents would say, this is going to hurt me so much more than it's going to hurt you. I would think that was such a lie. (laughs) I thought that was the biggest lie on the planet. Are you kidding me? I'm the one fixing to get punished. I'm the one fixing to get the whipping, whatever it is. There's no way this will hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. But it's actually true, right? As a parent, That is true. When you you discipline your kids, it kills you. You hate it. You don't want to discipline your kids at all, but you love them too much not to do that. That is the heart of God. That's the heart of God. He's truly a father. And if you come from a background, by the way, where your dad wasn't around or he wasn't a good dad, I know it's got to be hard for you to wrap your mind around, okay, God is my father and he's good. How can that be? I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. But I want you guys to, to to grasp this today. God is a loving Father. He is. And He loves and cares for you in a very intimate way. Whether He's disciplining you, whether He's showering you with blessings and gifts, doesn't matter. He loves and cares for you. And here's the thing. He is always for you. So if we go back to Romans chapter 8, that's where we were a couple weeks ago, by the way. Uh, We learned two important truths a couple weeks ago. That God is working everything out for your good, for those who love him. That's really important, okay? And that nothing can separate us from that love. That's in actually, 8 verse 31. And so if God is for us, who can ever be against us, right? Uh, God is for you today. He's for you today. So when you have an accurate view of God, it changes absolutely everything. So I'm confident because God's always for me. Uh, I'm, not living for, I'm not living for God's approval. I'm not performing for God's approval. In fact, I'm actually living from God's approval, okay? Because of Christ, I'm acceptable to God, not based on what I do or don't do, but based on what Jesus did. And this is so important. It's got nothing to do with you. The reason why you cannot earn God's approval is because you can't do anything to earn it. Jesus did everything for you already. It's not based on what you do or don't do. It's all based on what Jesus did. So when I take a step of faith, I know God's for me. Uh, I, I know God's with me. So, so look, you want to get out of debt? You got a lot of debt. Uh, in your life. You're like, man, I, I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of this mountain of debt that's suffocating me and my family. Hey, guess what? God is for you. I believe God's going to help you move forward. You want to reconcile the broken relationship you got with somebody? Guess what? God's for you. You want to start a new business? Hey, God is for you. You're praying for a miracle? God is for you. We cultivate confidence in God by knowing he's for us. So Hebrews 10 35 says this, hey, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward that it brings to you. So the author of this New Testament letter, he's reminding his readers about their early days of choosing to follow Jesus and how they remained faithful in the face of suffering and imprisonment, and there were, you know, there were better things ahead for them. The better things, by the way, they are the eternal things that we just read about in, in chapter 10, verse number 35. That no matter what came their way, no matter what they would go through, they would be confident in Christ. And I'm telling you today, no matter where you find yourself, God is is 100% for you. Now, here's truth number two. Truth number two is this. God helps you. God helps you. So you can stay positive and have confidence in God because He helps you. So let's stay in Hebrews again here for a moment. Staying in Hebrews, but move from chapter 10 to chapter number 13. So chapter 13, verse 5, contains a really famous verse. The author of this New Testament letter is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 31 where he reminds God, or God reminds the people of Israel, rather. In particular, Joshua. I'm never going to fail you, and I'm never going to leave you. If you're not familiar with who Joshua is, um, Joshua is the successor of Moses. So, you won't talk about insecurity, <laughs> right? He's filling the shoes of the man whom God used to bring you know, plagues to Egypt and bring Israel out. Of slavery, right? He, God used Moses to part the Red Sea, to lead Israel to the promised land. This is the greatest leader Israel's ever had, and honestly, I think Israel ever would have until Christ arrives into the scene. He's the greatest leader in the history of Israel, and Joshua is gonna fill his shoes. Good luck, you know? I'm <laughs> glad it's you and not me kind of thing. Like, good luck with that. So, all throughout this chapter, in fact, if you get the Joshua chapter one, you'll see the same kind of thing. All throughout that, that chapter as well, you, you see these two phrases be strong and courageous, and here's the other one I'll never leave you, right? Be strong and courageous, and I'll never leave you. And you see it over and over and over and over. Why? Because Joshua had some insecurities, and he needed to be reminded that God Himself was not only for him, but God was going to help him. Some of you guys are in the middle right now of a difficult situation. So maybe you're like Joshua and you're assuming a leadership role and it's got you terrified, right? Or maybe your, your marriage is in trouble. Maybe your finances are stressed out. Maybe you got a tough conversation you have to have with somebody. Whatever it is, you can be confident in this, that God is ready to help you. He doesn't shine in our strengths. God is at his greatest when we are weak and vulnerable. Psalm 46.1 puts it like this. And God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, times of weakness. So if God's always ready to help in times of trouble, and if God is for you, then it means that He's also present with you wherever you go. So God's presence is all you need when everything gets to the fan. So, so Noah's my youngest son, right? Youngest son. He's going to be 20 months old here, later on this month. We're in October now. Uh, but there was a moment where we weren't sure if we'd even get to hold Noah for 20 seconds. So he was he was supposed to be born in early April of last year, 2019. Uh, but one morning in February, Shana woke up and she couldn't feel him moving. Now, at that point, he's 32 weeks old. You should feel that baby move and kick around. And if you're not feeling that that, that, that kid move around for an extended period of time, and in this case, it was... Uh, she wasn't feeling him move around as she went to bed and she wasn't feeling him move around when she got up the next uh, the next morning. That's a very long period of time. That's a problem, right? And she's she's a pediatric nurse and so she's she's acutely aware this is not a good thing. And so she couldn't film. So we, we take him straight to the hospital. So so Noah and Shayna and myself were all in the hospital, right? No of course we Noah haven't been born yet, but we're all in the hospital. And to sum it up, if Shayna was not induced in the next forty eight hours, We would risk losing Noah. We would also risk losing Shana or possibly both of them, right? Now, here's the thing. I don't care how big of a man you think you are. I I don't care how experienced you are. I don't care how old you are. You're not prepared to hear that as a husband or as a father. There's just no easy way to handle that kind of news. And, And I'm not an emotional person, but I couldn't handle it. That hit me hard. Okay, I could lose one of them or both of them, you know, depending what happens here in the next 48 hours. Crazy stuff, right? No easy way. So the hospital prepares us for the likely scenario that Noah's going to be born and his lungs are not going to be developed all the way yet, and so he can't breathe in his own, and so what will have to happen is he'll be, he'll be put on a ventilator, you know, and he's not going to be screaming coming out because those, those lungs are not going to be developed all the way. Uh, so you're not going to have that kind of reaction you would normally hear. And so he'll have to be rushed away to the neo-intensive care unit right away when he's born. And there's multiple physical defects and maybe even mental defects that might come because of this premature uh, birth he's going to have. And it's gonna, we're going to have a long hospital stay. Let's be ready for all of that. So we're taking all of this in, right? In your moments of weakness, can I tell you that the one thing you need more than anything else? Is God's presence. So we prayed, right? We contacted everybody we knew, and we got them praying. And this is all out of our hands. It was the greatest reminder of how weak we really are, right? Of how of how finite we are as human beings. And so it's, it's it's our weakness, and God proves to be strong. God is our help. And so not only is Noah when he's born screaming and kicking, right? Fully healthy, fully developed set of lungs for sure. But he checks out to be completely healthy. There are no issues. He's 32 weeks old. There's no issues. None. The biggest issue is he's born four pounds and some odd ounces, and he needs a feeding tube, which the feeding tube was only about 24 hours because the kid was taking food on his own with no problem, right? That was it. I mean, he, he today he's a chunk. Like <laughs> You wouldn't even know he was a preemie. Uh, he was... And the doctors and nurses were the ones who gave him this name on that floor. He was the miracle baby. That's what he was. Our, our, our confidence, man, our confidence in God, it grew to new heights on that journey. And he only stayed in the hospital for 15 days. Could not believe that, right? I'm telling you today, I don't know what you're going through, but you need to hear that story. Someone needs to hear that story that we went through. I'm telling you, man, God is not only for you. God helps you. Now, it brings us to our third and final truth to help build your confidence in God here today, okay? He's also working in you. I love that my oldest son has thick skin. it's not to say that, you know, impressions are not made and he doesn't forget, you know, he doesn't forget things or whatever. What I mean is that, you know, my oldest son can bounce back really quickly. Uh, I do not think that I'm an excellent father. That's one of the insecurities that I have. You want to know insecurity I've got? Let me I'll share it with you. I think I'm not a great dad. I think I have a, a lot of low moments, okay? Uh, Shayna, Shayna said something to me the other day that I, I could not believe was true, but it is, and I had to admit it. She said, you never had a temper until Ezra turned three, which is true. Uh, so, so Ezra, my oldest son, he's, he's a typical kid. <clears throat> Uh, terrible two, by the way, is not a thing. It's terrible threes. How many of y'all parents know that out there? Terrible three is the real thing. Uh, so uh, on top of turning three uh, and going through that kind of phase that, that every toddler goes through, my son has a very strong will, uh, which for me as a father, I do not want to break his will. I got to figure out how to bend it. His a strong will is an asset in life. So I don't want to break his spirit and break his will. I just got to figure out how to, how to bend it, right? But he's also very hyperactive. He does not slow down ever. So there are moments where I might say something or I might get angry at my son um, because even at the early age of four, which is how old he is now, he already knows what buttons to press with me. <laughs> he already experiments with how hard he can press each button. So I don't always feel qualified as a pastor to teach out of God's Word or to be a dad based on how I react sometimes. Just being real with you out there, okay? But the good news is I'm a work in progress. So are you. Hey, none of us are perfect. If you claim to be perfect and you act like you got no issues or nothing, that you know God's not working on anything in your life because you're good to go, Bro, you're either Jesus or you're the biggest liar on the planet, right? Like I love what Paul wrote in, to, the, to the Christians in, in Philippi, right? He writes to the Philippians. His Christians living in Philippi. He writes to the Philippians, and uh, we were in this letter last week, by the way. And uh, check check out what he says here. Uh, he's thanking the Christians for helping reach folks for Christ, and that he makes this very famous statement in verse number six. He says this: Philippians one six. I am certain that God. Who began the good work within you will continue his good work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. On the day when Christ returns. Listen to me, okay? Your journey as a Christ follower, it does not begin and end with a single prayer. Your decision to follow Jesus only marks the beginning of a lifelong journey of change and transformation, which is incomplete in this life. So as long as you're living and breathing, there is a work that God is doing inside of you. There's change and transformation happening inside of your heart, which is only completed when you step into eternity. So some of you guys are feeling guilty right now of, of something you did last week, right? And you, you need God to understand. Or I'm sorry, you need to understand that God is still working in you. I got my, got, my, got my words mixed out of place there for, for a second. understand that God is still working inside of you, right? Others of you, you're you're battling some spiritual doubts. You need to know that God is not finished with you yet, that he's still working inside of you. There are those of you who feel like you're stuck in the same sin. You can't break free. and You're like, man, I should be different by now. I should be more holy. I should be at a different stage of my life. Hey, listen, look, God's not finished with you. He's still working in you. I, I want you to stay positive today because God isn't through with you yet he's still got a great work he's going to do in your life. So you can be confident that God is not done with you yet, that you're forever a work in progress, and you'll never fully arrive this side of heaven. And that's okay. It means God is still working. He doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't throw his hands up in the air and say, bro, I'm done. I quit. I can't get you to where you need to be. No matter how hard I try, that's not who God is. He's still at work. He's still patient. He still has a purpose. still has a plan. I don't know what you're struggling with here today. I don't know what your insecurities are and what you're carrying around that's keeping you from staying positive, right? From stepping into the purpose that God has for you. But I want you to really grasp this important truth that God is working in you and as long as you're on this earth, He'll continue to work in you until you enter into God's kingdom. Why? Because God is, is for you, because he's he's your helper, right? He's your help, because he's not finished with you yet. There's a reason to be confident in God and stay positive. But some of you right now, man, for different reasons, you, you just don't feel confident in your standing with God. I struggled with the performance thing we talked about earlier. Like growing up, I just kind of felt like I needed to, to know as much scripture as I could, pray all day long, do everything I could to make sure that you know, I, was, I was good enough for God. But the reality is you're never going to be good enough for God. There's no such thing as ever being good enough for God. Only one person was ever good enough. You know what his name is? Jesus. And you ain't him, right? Like You're not him. So the reason we feel insecure is because we're not perfect. We're not good enough. And on our own, apart from God, our own sin, right? The wrong we've, we've done that has not been forgiven by God yet, right? It separates us actually from God's presence. You can't have the confidence in God if you've never experienced God's forgiveness. So if you've never truly known who God is, you can't experience that forgiveness, you can't have the confidence that you need. So if you're ready to take the next step and to choose to follow Christ here today, then listen, man, this is your opportunity right here. On your own, you'll never be enough. You don't need more confidence in yourself. You need to cultivate confidence in God. And getting started is as easy as accepting God's invitation to be part of his kingdom. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? How do I do it? Super simple. You don't have to say a prayer that's, rep- or that's repetitive, right? Not, not one of those, hey, repeat after me kind of prayers. It's really simple. You don't got to do a, a bunch of Hail Marys. You don't, you don't got to invoke all the different names you can think of for God. Uh, you, all you got to do, from your heart, your own words, just say, God needs you. You make Christ Savior. So he saves you from your sin, forgives you of your sin, you're wrong. Then you make him Lord of your life. Meaning, I'm not going to lead myself anymore. I'm going to let Christ lead me. My life belongs to him. And so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to kind of model what this prayer is like. But I want you to say it in your own words. Whether you're driving on the road right now, you're listening at home somewhere, you're working out. I want you to say it in your own words. So it's a prayer like this. Hey, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. There's some things in my life I haven't come to you about before, and and I know that there's wrongs you don't approve of, and I know, God, there's wrongs that can keep me from experiencing your presence. And I pray, Lord, that whatever those wrongs might be, forgive me of those sins. Wrong thoughts, wrong actions, wrong words, whatever it is. God, forgive me for the sin I've committed. Now, if you can ask God to forgive you the sin right now, however you want to say it, it doesn't matter. Just ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Step number one. Now He's your Savior. He's forgiven you of your sin. Step number two. Hey, I accept your invitation to be part of your kingdom. I want to follow you. Hey, I want you to be Lord of my life. My life is not my own anymore. I'm not going to live for me. I'm not going to live for, you know, carpe diem stuff. I'm not going to do that, God. I'm living for you. I want you to direct me and to lead me and to guide me. I want you to call the shots in my life. And I promise God, I will do everything I can to serve and live for you. I want to be sensitive to you. I want to follow you with all my heart. Now, what that's called is making Christ the Lord. And so wherever you're at right now, in your own words, tell God, hey, I want you to lead me and guide me. I want to serve you. Be Lord of my life so that my life is no longer my own. It now belongs to you. Now, if you can do that and say a prayer like that, where you're acknowledging that you need Christ You need His forgiveness for the sin in your life. And you want to make Him Lord of your life. So that He leads and follows you. And you now serve Him. Then what you've done is made Him Lord and Savior. And you've accepted the invitation to be part of God's kingdom. And now, your journey, as we said earlier today, it's not ending with a prayer, okay? It's beginning. Your journey is beginning. So here's what I want you to do. Now that you've, you've said that prayer, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to reach out to us and just contact us. Just, just, you know, Office at RadiantChurchSC.com. It's one of the ways you can, you can reach out to us, right? Or my personal email. It's Andrew at RadiantChurchSC.com. But reach out to us. Say, hey, I said the prayer. I'm I, I'm committed after Christ. That's great. What do I do next? We're going to help walk you through what your next steps are. And, and part of the next steps, one of the big parts of your next steps, is getting involved in a community of Christians. Now, you can be part of the Radiant Church community. I don't care where you live. Uh, if anything, we, we've all learned now, if you haven't learned this yet, you're, you're, I think you're hiding under a rock, right? We've all learned that no matter where you live on this planet, uh, you can be part of a community. Digitally, in person, doesn't matter. You can be part of a community. And I want you to be part of Radiant Church community. So no matter where you live, reach out to us. We'll help you walk through the next steps, and we'll we'll show you what it, what it can mean to be part of Radiant, even if you're living in California, right? But if you prefer and say, Pastor, I'm all in. I love what you're doing, but i, I got to have a physical, in-person community with folks. Man, that's awesome, too. We will actually help you find a church community in your area that you can plug into. I promise you we'll do that. So either way, let us know. And uh, we want to make sure that we're able to, to help you with those next steps, okay? All right. Hey, a little bit different this week for you guys who are used to watching us. <laughs> it was just the audio podcast uh, here for you. It's a little bit different change up there. But listen, again, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you do that uh, because we're not just going to have Sunday morning messages. we got some other things we'll be doing down the road through this as well, trying to go beyond Sunday, right, to help you grow, to help you help you stretch, get challenged, and connect uh, to so you can live and become the person that God has called you to be. Have an amazing rest of your day, wherever you might be listening to, and uh, we'll catch you here next time.